New month. Exciting stuff. Here we are in a new month. Let me put this in. New month, new theme. Recognize ourselves in others. Isn't that lovely? Recognize ourselves in others. Great that it's Cinco de Mayo, too, right? We're just, just seeing the oneness, seeing the divinity in all of us. And today's talk is I and Thou. And it comes from the book of the same name by Martin Buber. He was a German philosopher in the early 1900s. And his book, I and Thou, explores that relationship that we have as humans to each other and to the divine. And he came up with these expressions. I'm, I'm going to quote him here. It said, he said, the primary word, I, it, can never be spoken with the whole being. The primary word, I, thou, can only be spoken with the whole being. In other words, Buber's ideas were that we address existence in two ways. The attitude of I toward an it refers to uh, the subject-object relationship, the, the object that is separate from itself that we either use or we experience. And the attitude of I toward thou exists only in relationship, which is not separate and is not separated by any discrete bounds. So the I-it relationship is the one we're used to. It is the one that we see the world through. It is uh, the beings in the world, the objects that we define and we study and we seek to understand. That is the I-it relationship. People we meet, we categorize, we describe, we experience them by the things that we attribute to them. He's an African-American straight male. She's a Latina. Uh, he's short. He's blue-eyed. She's married, plump, middle-aged woman. <laughs> the I-it experience... You know, that's kind of nervy of me at 60 to say middle age, too. I just thought about it. Anyway, okay. <laughs> Forget it. I'm going to live to be 124. Okay. The I-it relationship is filled with facts and figures and descriptors and ways of understanding each other, right? It describes the world as we see it. We are seeking to understand the world by defining it, Describing it, categorizing it, and that also keeps the other distinct and different and discrete. A separate entity outside of us which we are apart from. But we know that's not true here in religious science, right? I see you over there across the room, you separate entity you, right? Two different beings, right? You're way over there, I'm here. We experience each other. But it is not until we enter the I-Thou experience that we enter into relationship with each other. The divine in me sees the divine in you. We go beyond the labels and the categories and the ways in which we have tried to understand each other. We are more than two humans. We are one. I, the same thou, that thou art, I am, you are. That is the, that is the I-thou relationship. We are sourced and supplied by the same energy. 
We are no different, any of us. The I-it experience, we are part of the world of things. We are just part of the world of things, populated. This world is populated by people and animals and trees and plants and rocks and stuff. That's the I-it relationship. There is always distance and there is always difference in the I-it relationship. But when we enter into the I-thou relationship, we experience the entire universe as thou. I look at a tree as thou. I see a fish as thou. Thou art. We know of each other in our wholeness when we enter into the I-thou relationship because it is the one we have with spirit. It is the one we have with God. And that inner spiritual spark that ignites our life that is within us, that is the divine within, we, we desire to interact with the world from that, from that I-thou relationship, the thou in me wishes to experience my life in relation to everything around me. And so that's what we're exploring here today, the I-thou relationship in our everyday life. Because it is only when we live from the I-thou relationship, we become the cure to the illusion of separation that our culture is experiencing right now. Ernest Holmes said this in Know Yourself. He said, and you know, I just want to say this before I say the quote. Ernest Holmes spoke in the, in the male gender and the, used the male pronouns because that is what is, was acceptable at the time. That was just the way he spoke and the way he wrote because that was the way in the 1930s and 40s. And sometimes I will, I, will in, I will use more inclusive language where he will say man, I will say human. So I just want to say that because I want everybody to hear this with the intention that he spoke it. So, so in Know Yourself, Ernest Holmes said, God in human, as human, is human. Let us be receptive to the divine nature that it may flow into our everyday living. New arts, new sciences, new philosophies, better government, a higher civilization, wait on the human's thought. The infinite energy of life and the possibility of the human's future evolution work through our imagination and will. The time is ready. The place is where we are now. And it is done unto all as we believe and act. So it's, it's moving our feet as well, right? Believe and act. So we come together right here in this spiritual community to know this, to remember who we are and to remember whose we are. And then it becomes our responsibility to reveal the truth in ourselves and for all the world to see so that we can give others permission. We can give everyone around us permission to transform their lives in our midst, right? That's what we do when we shine. We give people permission to transform their lives around us. We do that by being the presence of love in the world. We do that by being the presence of peace in the world. And then we become the bridge across the illusion of separation, right? 
Remember, there are no sides in a circle of love. <laughs> there can't be, right? There are no sides in a circle of love. There can be no us and them if there's no sides. And if we insist on being that place of peace and that place of love, that, that circle of love, there, can, well, there, can't be any, there can't be any sides. And we become the bridge across. Ernest Holmes said, there's no such thing as me and you as we think of ourselves to be. If there were, no problem of existence could ever be solved. That doesn't mean you and I are illusions. Each one of us is different from the other. One in manifestation, but identical in root. Rooted in the same unity. And he goes on to say, this is the great problem of the ages. Ernest, uh, Emerson, Emerson answers it. All the great thinkers have answered it. How is it that unity can become multiplicity without division? That is what the great philosophical problem of the ages is. And it is so simple, it has been overlooked. Unity never does become multiplicity. It simply personifies itself in infinite variations. And Emerson had it right when he said, we stand before the secret of the world where being passes into appearance and unity into variety. But it is always unity. We are here in spiritual community to know that, to know that. Wherever you're from, right? We say it in the beginning. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, you're welcome here, you love. Beyond all appearances, right? We know of ourselves to be that, to be the divine in form beyond all appearances. What is it Rumi says, right? Beyond ideas of, of right, ah, I messed it up. <laughs> I wrote it down. I know I wrote it down so I'd get it right. Out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and right doing, there is a field. I will meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. That's amazing, right? I know, it's like, okay. So we talk about our oneness. We speak to it in our welcome, like I just said. Whoever you are, wherever you've been, you are welcome here. You are safe and you are loved. Pretty much says it all, right? And, and yet, for further clarification, because you know there always is, there is that quote on the wall when you come in, in the front room, right? You've seen it on the hallway. You've probably walked by it a hundred times. I don't know if you've ever read it. But it comes from a talk Ernest Holmes did in 1945 at the Los Angeles church. There were murmurs of complaint in that church that there were too many non-whites attending. And so Ernest Holmes asked the senior minister, who was an African-American gentleman, Arthur Twine, Reverend Arthur Twine, he asked if he could come speak there. And an author said, oh, yes, well, of course. And Ernest Holmes took the platform that morning. And he waited until everybody was quiet. And he said, I've been told that too many non-Caucasians are attending these lectures. True, there are Caucasians and non-Caucasians in this congregation. But we must affirm we are all children of one living God. One life that permeates all, without exception, one intelligence which governs all, and most important, every man and every woman who abides in the universe is a significant entity in the one universal consciousness. And now here's the quote that's up on the wall out front. 
Our doors will forever be open to all. Be, whoever you are, be proud. You are a divine idea in the mind of God. And that's all he said, and that was the, last, that was the end of it. And that's where the quote on the wall came from. And it is inviting everybody into celebration, into this faith philosophy of ours, which is so powerful and life-transforming. Don't you want to invite everybody you know to, to, to be in this philosophy, to change their lives, to transform their lives, to in, in, enlarge the life that they are living? Absolutely, everybody. It's a specific invitation and inclusion of people of color who were drawn to this powerful teaching. Just as we are inclusive today, just as our welcome today, whoever you are and wherever you've been. And it is in that spirit of inclusivity and, and invitation that I put that poster on the wall. I don't know if anybody's seen it or if you've walked by without it. It's, it's out there in the hallway, you know? And to me, to me, that's where I put it up. It was the 2019 equivalent of these doors will be open forever. And, and that's all it was to me, was that it was not jargon, it was not slogan, it was not politics, it was simply the invitation and the inclusion of pe for people of color to know specifically, yeah, I mean you. You matter. You are welcome here. Uh, it says love is love on there, you know, because we, we love and adore our, our LGBT plus community. You, specifically, you matter. We want you here. We, we enjoy your energy. We grow by your presence here. We grow by your presence here. You, specifically, are invited into celebration, right, when we see that. Our brothers and sisters of color matter. They matter. Their energy here lifts all of us, right? Now, now the thing is, all of us matter here. Of course we do. But it was that specific invitation, just like Ernest Holmes had to say. It was a specific invitation because, you know, I think about it sometimes. Look around the room. I mean, we're kind of all sort of, there's a real vanilla look here, right? <laughs> and you know what? And sometimes, <laughs> Randy's laughing at me. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes I think about it and I think, what if the situation were reversed? What if I was the, what if I was the only, only, you know, color, skin color, and I walk into a room this size, and I'm kind of like the only one of my skin color, would I think, would I wonder, am I welcome here? Am I really welcome here? I, would I wonder, gee, is this a place for me? Are these my peeps, really? You know? And so to have a sign that specifically says, yes, yes, it is. Yes, you do matter. Yes, we want you here. Yes, you are part of our, our, our family of humanity. Our brothers and sisters of color do matter. Now, do they matter because of their skin color? No. Do they matter in spite of their skin color? No. We matter because we are a divine idea in the mind of God. We matter because we are a divine idea in the mind of God. Same thing with our LGBT plus brothers and sisters. You matter because you are a divine idea in the mind of God. Just like, just like Miguel, you started the Spanish-speaking ministry. You started the Spanish service. Wednesday evenings, we have a Spanish-speaking service here because our Hispanic, Latino, Mexican brothers and sisters matter because you are a divine idea in the mind of God. To say specifically you, yes, you, matter is important.
I never realized colors on Band-Aids, did you? Did you ever really think about colors of Band-Aids? I never really gave it a thought. But there was, a, there was something that came up on my Facebook feed. There was an African-American gentleman, and all there was was a big picture of his hand with a brown Band-Aid on it that matched the color of his skin. And he was so excited. He's like, I've lived my whole life. Here I am, an adult male. And it's the first time ever I have a Band-Aid that matches my skin. That was like entirely mind-blowing. I had never even thought about it. That's a thing. That is a thing. You matter. All of us matter. We matter to the divine life, to, to spiritual life. Each and every life is precious. Each and every one of us is irreplaceable. Each and every one of us is a divine idea in the mind of God, and a, a unique and individualized thread in the tapestry of all life. And if you're not here, your place in it is missing. And, and you know, if I fell short by putting that, that poster on the wall, if that was my clumsy, my clumsy and very inelegant attempt at, at invitation and inclusivity, please tell me, you know? Please tell me, if that was not the right thing to do, if I screwed up, please tell me, you know? If we're doing something we shouldn't be doing or not doing something we should be doing, it's like, let us, let us have that conversation. Let's have the conversation. Look, I am no stranger to screwing up. <laughs> really, honest to God. I have inelegantly stumbled through lots of topics in my life. And here I am now stumbling through the topic of race and diversity and inclusivity and welcome, and I probably will again, but I will keep trying until everybody knows we, we are open and inclusive and welcoming and loving you, whoever you are, wherever you're from, however you show up. This is your home. This is your place. And that's our responsibility. That's our responsibility. Tracy Brown, who is a licensed practitioner, wrote a book called Stained Glass Spirit, and she said this. She said, in my opinion, it is serious malfeasance when leadership in a spiritual community fails to teach and model ways to apply spiritual principles and spiritual practices to real-world issues and challenges. You know, I know we can take our belief in the truth of our oneness out in the world. I know we can live it out in the world. I know we can heal the world by our example. Right here. Our example right here in this room. Because here's how it happens. Going back to the book, I and Thou. We notice our differences. Hey, look, we have different skin color. Hey, we have different eye color. We have different hair color. We notice our differences. We acknowledge our differences. We celebrate our differences. Just like today, we're celebrating Cinco de Mayo. I don't know. It's not my holiday. I don't have a clue. I understand in Mexico, it's like, yeah, it's not that great a holiday. I don't know. But America latched onto it, right? And we made a big, huge thing at it. We love a party, don't we? You know, but we celebrate those differences. We did a whole big St. Patrick's Day, right, back in March. You remember I was a giant shamrock. It looked goofy. 
We celebrate our differences, and then we transcend our differences because we're bigger than that. Because the, tr- the differences are just the physical, how we're showing up in the physical world. When we transcend our differences, that's when we move into that I-thou relationship. We start seeing each other as thou, as the face of God. You're no longer, you know, African-American or Irish or, or atheist or whatever. Is that thing still up there? No, it's not, but it was up there. Was it up there before? Isn't that a riot? I love that. You know, with our, outside, with our insides out and our outsides off, you can't tell, except for the pirate, you know. <laughs> the differences fall away, and we simply, we're love. We just show up as love. We begin to be the circle of love and the presence of peace and the energy, the energy that transforms everything around it. We move through the, the, the experience into the relationship. We move through the I-it relationship to the I-thou relationship. We move through it very much the same way we move through the kingdoms of consciousness. Remember those? The kingdom one where we're a, a victim and everything happens to us and we have no control and we have no power and we have no nothing. And then we move into kingdom two because we come to a teaching like this and we become empowered to meditate, to pray, to do affirmations, to, to take take control, right? And we start doing those things and we start manifesting like mad. You know, we become, it's the honeymoon phase, right? Things start, things start happening and changing. And then what happens? The very thing that you have, you have achieved in, in kingdom two, that power and control you give up to move to kingdom three, right? Spirit through me. Spirit through me. We allow ourselves to be used by spirit to manifest to a, to a greater good. This is the same way. This Martin Buber's I and thou is the same thing. We, we have to go through that I-it relationship. You're a this and you're a that. And we catalog and we define and we, and, we, and we put people in boxes. And we have to go through that stage before we can transcend it and move into that I-thou relationship where we can see and serve and celebrate the differences so we get to the place where we transcend them and see only oneness. <coughs> Ernest Holmes said this. He said, the night time of my soul has passed and the eternal light of everlasting day dawns as the great reality in my life. Joyfully, I am resurrected into that which is beautiful, enduring, and true. Silently, I pass from less to more from isolation to inclusion, from separation to oneness. We are doing that here in this room, in this community. We are living the I-thou relationship. We are seeing each other as, the, as, as spirit in form. We are looking out from the eyes of God into the eyes of God. And, and, and maybe we're not all on the same page other ways, but there are usually other ways in the worlds of conditions, aren't they? But we're, all, but we're all walking each other. We're all walking together. This walk of inclusivity, of invitation, of an I-thou. And I know this is our comfort zone, isn't it? We come together on these Sunday mornings, and this is our comfort zone. This is our safety zone, but that's not where we grow. That's not where we grow. We grow when we move out beyond the comfort zone, and we're on the growing edge. And so that's what, that's what we're doing right now. And I think that's what a lot of spiritual communities are doing. I just got this, I just got this trifold brochure. Uh, Alan Olson 
Continuing the conversation, it was all about race. And he went to this lovely workshop yesterday. It's, it's happening in spiritual communities all around the country. We have to know of each other as thou. We have to transcend that idea of separateness and otherness. We have to move from I, it to I, thou, and we're doing that. God's not white or brown or tan or gay or straight. God is principle. Spirit is principle seeking to individualize itself as all of us. Being passes into appearance and unity into variety, but always unity. All of us together are here to do this work. We are creating a world that works for everyone. Thank you so much. Thank you.